fine. This afternoon, we had the privilege of of uh, having one of those gender reveal parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Lisa and I have known for a few weeks now that our next grandbaby, the gender of our next grandbaby, but the the stuff didn't come in for the party for it got lost with the snowstorm and it finally came in yesterday and so we got to uh the my son and daughter-in-law found out that they were going to have a son and uh so we're we're going to have another grandson uh this summer sometime in july 14th i think but uh, who knows who knows and uh do what god knows yeah that's right and uh but uh I've been sitting on that secret, and that's the longest I've ever kept a secret, I think. <laughs> I didn't tell any. I did not tell a soul. No, that's not true. I told my mama, but my mama didn't remember. And that's just, that's just isn't that the way life goes? I mean, you, you have one going out and one coming in. You know, and, and, and family is like that. And... and uh, you know, whenever my dad passed, my my daughter was pregnant. Uh, so you know, it's just that's that's the way life goes. It, it's one's coming and one's going, and and uh, and God's God's like that. Life is like that, and and we just thank the Lord uh, that He is He reminds us daily that He's in control, and we got to trust that. All right, any prayer requests this evening? Anybody else? Okay. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for, uh, as Michael made mention, today's been a beautiful day and, and uh, it still is. It's, uh, it's just been a beautiful last couple of days. Yesterday, as we were just driving, was seemed like you could see into infinity and uh, eternity. And we thank you that you just show your goodness uh, through the weather and uh, through the seasons. And and now, uh, as we're moving into spring, and and we thank you for that. Father, we pray specifically now for Earl Wayne, and we pray, Father, that you would minister to him health, uh, healing in his body. Father, we pray that you would also minister to him uh, spiritually, that he would know you, and if he knows you, that he would know you better, and he'd have a confidence of who you are and, 
God, we thank you that you care about our physical bodies as much as you do our spiritual bodies. And Father, we thank you for life. Uh, as, as in my family, we're celebrating uh, the coming of the birth of a baby. And I know other people have, have those kind of celebrations, birthdays and all kinds of stuff coming up. But, but God, it, it, at the same time, we also thank you for the, uh, the celebration of going home. And, uh, and Father, we pray that you would bring us comfort and, and an understanding of eternity better every day. And God, we pray again for First Baptist Church Midway. God, as we continue to work, as we have road to, re, road to resurrection coming up uh, in a few weeks, we pray that you would help each person that's involved to know what they're supposed to say and do. And, and then, Father, also every person that comes in, that they might hear the gospel and, and respond to the gospel. And, and, Father, thank you for these people that have come into our church doors recently. Help us to minister to them and also help us to reach out beyond these doors and, and reach people for Jesus. And Father, help us to show the hope of eternity in everything that we do. God, show us where we might improve. Show us what we, where we fail you Keep us humble in your sight, moldable in your hands, and usable for your kingdom. And we thank you for what you're doing. God, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, turn with me to Acts chapter 19 as we continue to plod our way through. The book of Acts. Acts chapter 19. We, we are moving into Paul's third missionary journey. He concluded his second missionary journey and went back uh, to... Uh, Jerusalem and Antioch last week, and then we saw Apollos and how he was teaching in, in Ephesus and moved to Corinth. And as he was, and, and uh, Priscilla and Aquila helped him understand the fullness of who Jesus was. And so now we, we've pick up with Paul again on his journey in verse 1 of Acts chapter 19. It says, It happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. Now, we have to realize the, 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 the word disciple just means student. It does not necessarily mean that they were true believers yet. Okay, they were students. That's the word disciple means learner. 
all right? Now, they were learners of Jesus. They were learners of the true God. They were probably converts of Apollos whenever he was there in Ephesus. But remember, he was in Ephesus. He was teaching John the Baptist baptism. And John the Baptist's teachings on Jesus, but not the fullness of the Holy Spirit coming. Okay? Because look, as, as Paul interacts with them, verse 2 says, He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So he's asked, he noticed something in them whenever he's talking to them that, that there is something missing in their relationship with God. Alright? Does that make sense? You know, the Bible teaches us that whenever we become a Christian that we have the fullness of, of Christ. The fullness of, of God. The, all the Holy Spirit that we're ever going to get comes with our salvation. Alright? We're going to look at that here in a minute. He's, he, he asked them that question. They, verse th- uh, the end of verse 2 it says, And they said to him, No, we have not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. And And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is in Jesus when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Je- the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, or came on them, and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. They were all, there were in all about 12 men. So, so here's this picture. There was 12 disciples, 12 learners, they were learning about Jesus. They were learning from the Old Testament Scriptures. They were learning about God. And Paul interacted with them and asked them, have you received the Holy Spirit? We hadn't even heard about the Holy Spirit. Okay? Well, I, who have you been baptized? Yeah, we've been baptized. Who, who baptized you? Or what were you baptized in? We were baptized in, under John's baptism. Oh, okay, that's, that makes sense. You were baptized for repentance. But he was baptizing people to believe in the one that was yet to come. Well, the one that was yet to come has come. And so you need more. Okay? Your, your, your belief is not yet it's not complete yet and so well we want to believe fully we want every we want it all okay i, I mean you know we want we're we're interested we we know if there's more we want what's missing so paul turns around and baptizes them in the name of jesus now, a lot of people take this verse and, and they take Acts chapter 2 and they, they, they make a whole denomination out of that that you're supposed to be baptized in the name of Jesus. We baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because 
the name of Jesus is the name of all three. Okay, we believe in the Trinity. Uh, and, and the fullness of Christ is the Trinity. <laughs> okay, God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit is seen in who Jesus is. And that's why we use... And, and Jesus says in the in the great command uh, great commission in, in Matthew baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit so that's why we baptize the way we do they were baptized in the name of Je- the Lord Jesus and Paul laid hands on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying to show that they received the Holy Spirit Now, as we read the book of Acts, this is the last time you see the gift of tongues in a public display. Okay? You won't see it again. It's not evidence of the Holy Spirit after this. Alright? And so so here's here's some things. Remember, uh, we won't take the time, but Going back to Acts chapter 10, whenever Peter was in Cornelius' house and, he, and he, uh, Cornelius got saved and he laid hands on them and, and they spoke in tongues after that and, and they were, John and, uh, or they, they laid hands on them. Uh, it was connecting the Gentiles with the Jerusalem church. Remember, maybe that was that was several, a couple of months ago. But the the whenever Peter was with Cornelius and and then and then Gentiles later and and they they he did what he did. He connected them to the Jerusalem church. And so that they they would have one church. It wasn't the Jews' church and the Gentiles' church. It was one church, and we talked about that. That that the apostolic leadership of the the apostles that met in Jerusalem were over everybody, the Jews and the Gentiles alike. Okay, they it, it was God is showing that. That there's one universal church, and I, I still believe there's one universal church. We have a bunch of denominations. We have we have individual autonomous churches in our denomination as Southern Baptist, and in our association, every church is autonomous, meaning that we we make our own decisions. We we're not ruled by anybody. We don't answer to anybody, but we cooperate with with other churches to. Co- complete the great command of uh, great commission okay but we're still part of the same we're still part of the universal church that, that is underneath the the teachings of the scripture all right and true believers are all right so as paul lays hands on these 12 men they have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and they prophesy and speak in tongues to show, number one, that Paul was a true apostle. But number two, 
it is putting this church, the beginning of the church of the Ephesus, under in within the same umbrella of the apostolic leadership that we see all throughout the book of Acts. In other words, it's still one church. Does that make sense? Y'all with me? Remember in the book of Galatians it says that there's one baptism, one Lord, one baptism. Okay? And this helps us see that as as they are uh, as Paul lays hands on them, he is he's ex- and they have the gift of the Holy Spirit come, and and they prophesy, they speak in tongues, and and we're going to see more things that take place in the city of Ephesus as as uh, Paul ministers there. Now, other people take this passage of scripture and say, well, there's two levels of salvation. Okay. They were saved before because they were disciples. They were obviously saved. If they were disciples, they, they were saved. And then there's a second part called a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever heard of that? Okay. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit means that you get your gifting. And we all are supposed to be praying for that gifting. And that gifting would be seen through the, our speaking in tongues. And, and it's, it comes later after our salvation but that's not what's happening here okay again the word disciple just means learner it doesn't necessarily mean believer just means learner secondly they did not have the fullness of who they didn't even know what all they were believing in because Jesus taught about the Holy Spirit we can we won't take the time, but if you went to John chapter 14 and John chapter 16, during the last week of Jesus, he is teaching about the Holy Spirit. And these men did not have that teaching yet. They hadn't heard what John the Apostle or Paul or Peter was teaching. They heard what Apollos had taught. And Apollos was teaching strictly strictly out of the Old Testament up until John the Baptist. And so he he did not have all of that. And if Peter if Paul is teaching a different baptism, if Paul is teaching that the Holy Spirit comes at a different time in this story then his letter to the Ephesians is different. So let's turn to the letter of Ephesians. We can always tell what he means by what he writes to the people that experience it. Okay? You know, Scripture is always the best interpretation of Scripture. Have you heard that statement? You use Scripture to interpret other Scripture. So, so we're going to use Scripture to help us understand what is happening in this passage of Scripture. So Ephesians chapter 1, look at verse 13 and 14. In Him you also, 
after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of His glory. Now he's writing to the, the, the church in Ephesus. These 12 men are probably reading this letter. And he tells them, as you heard, you believed, and you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. It comes in that that form. You're preached to. You hear. You believe. You receive. You're sealed. It's in, that, it's in that order. It all happens at one time. It, it's, not, it's not now and then later. It's all right now. It's all in one time. You receive the Holy Spirit the moment you believe. Okay? Now, Liz, little, little Elizabeth made a profession of faith three weeks ago, right? Somewhere around in there. At, at the Disciple Now event at First Baptist Church, Moore's Lane. Okay? At the moment of her profession of faith, she received all of the Holy Spirit she will ever have in her life. She, she get, she, she's got Him. Okay? Now the Holy Spirit has to teach her she has to learn to allow him to control her. <laughs> All right? She, she has everything that she will ever have about the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit will have to, to work in her life so that he'll have all of her. <laughs> okay? Same is true with Jordan. All right? Whenever I was sick, now I, I've said this over and over again, and I, I you know, I'm just... Maybe I'm just in a nostalgic mood, and, and I have been for several, for, for a while now, but I was baptized in February of 1969. Okay, that's a long time ago. All right, I was six years old. I accepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior as a six-year-old. I had all the Holy Spirit I'd ever have. God sealed me with the Holy Spirit. My spirit was sealed. I never lost that. Now it took him a long it took him a while to to work through some things in my life and get me to where he wanted me to be. But by the time I was 19, I was saying, "Yes, Lord. Let's go. I'm ready." First time he asked me to go, I was 15 and I said, um, I, I, I'm not I, I'm not so sure." Now that I'm 58, man, I, I want him to have more of me than I've, he's ever had before. You know, you, you understand how that works? Now look, look at what he says in Ephesians. Let's, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Now realize, he never... 
Paul never uses the phrase, if I'm, if, as long, I don't think I'm wrong with this statement. I don't believe Paul ever uses the phrase talking about being baptized with the Spirit. All right? But, so listen to what he says, though. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, he says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for the things, for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Now, the word, the phrase, be filled with the Spirit, is an, a continual action phrase. It means, and keep being filled with the spirit it's it's an ongoing action now there's times that in our lives that we have these events that we 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 go through and uh we go to conferences or we have a, a an exciting sunday morning service or or something or, or a prayer time and god just really makes himself known to us and 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 we just feel feeling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Paul is telling the Ephesians, keep being filled every day. It's a continual action. If if you were to, you know, he, he's telling us don't be drunk with wine. How many, you know, most of the people that 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 consume alcohol don't do it once and then stop. They do it and do it and do it and do it and do it. Now, I'm not talking about people that gave it up. I'm talking about people that, that live for it. Okay? And that's what he's telling us here. We live for the filling of the Holy Spirit, and it's, it's something that, that we have. He's here. He's with us. And we su submit ourselves to Him, and we allow Him to, to just fill us up with His love, His grace, His mercy. Or if we want to go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, and the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, against such things there is no law. That's the filling of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, don't quench the Spirit. Don't allow sin in your life that, that is continual that is going to stop him from working in your life. Attitudes, behaviors. Whatever that, you know, the disbelief or the unbelief or the doubt that causes the Holy Spirit not to have freedom in who we are. Don't quench the Spirit. So that we can be filled. And that's so so you understand the teaching here is not that there's a second filling of the Holy Spirit or a second baptism or or a, a special time that, that God gives us our spiritual gift. And, and let me make this statement one more time. You know, a lot of, uh, and I'm not anti, 
these denominations that teach what I'm, I'm preaching against, okay? I, I understand I'm not anti the spiritual gifts, all right? I believe in the spiritual gifts. I, they're, they're in the Scripture, so we might as well believe in them. But some of them say if you don't do certain things, you're not really saved. Well, let me tell you something. The one that they pick on, according to Paul, is the least favorable. It's the last in every list. And he says, I would rather speak five intelligible words than however many unintelligible words so that you could hear the gospel. Okay? Now listen to me. I'm, I'm not... I, I believe in the spiritual gifts. I believe in them. I believe God gifts, but also remember this. They are gifts. We're... We have just now gotten to the point where people say, I want this, and, and our grandkids say, well, this is what I want for Christmas, and what do we do? We go out and buy that. Man, whenever I was a kid, you could make a list, and you might not get anything on that list. You got what whoever was giving you the gift wanted you to have. God gives us His gifts that would help us to serve him in the positions that we will serve him in that's the whole purpose of the gifts all right so so gifts aren't something that we ask for gifts are something that we ask god to teach us how we can use them to, for his glory so all right so let's let's move on because this this, this story gets kind of exciting. Verse 8. And he entered the synagogue and continued speaking out boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading them. Uh, Acts chapter 19, verse 8. Reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God, but when some of them were becoming hardened and disobedient, speaking evil of the way before the people who withdrew from them, and took away the disciples in reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. This took place for two years, so that all who lived in Asia heard the word of God, or word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. Now what was taking place was that he was meeting in the synagogue for three months. He was teaching, he was ask, answering questions, he was reasoning with them. For three months, that's the longest he ever met with people in the synagogue. Most of the time, it took him a couple of weeks, and they were running out of town. And in this time, they allowed him to stay for three months in the synagogue. But finally, people were getting tired of what he was saying, and they ran him out of the synagogue. And so he rented a school. The school of Tyrannus. The word Tyrannus actually means tyrant. Mamas, would you ever name your son Tyrant? Now maybe after they grew up a while and you... you 
Chances are this is a nickname. We don't know. In the city of Ephesus, they would work from 7 in the morning to 11 in the morning. And then 4 in the afternoon until five, 9 in the afternoon, or 9 in the evening. From 11 in the morning to 4 in the afternoon, they would take a siesta. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Alright? They, they would take, they would rest from 11 to 4 every day. So what Paul did, because no one was using the school, he rented the schoolhouse. And he would teach from 11 in the morning to 4 in the afternoon. He would work making tents from 7 to 11, go teach from 11 to 4, and then go back and work making tents from 11, from 4 to 9 every day. And he did that for two years. And by the end of the two years, look at what he says. All who lived, not in Ephesus, all who lived in Asia heard the gospel. Can you imagine the impact? Every church that's listed in the in the in the seven churches of the book of Revelation were started during these two years. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the impact? How many people did Paul disciple in those two years? He was teaching five hours a day, six days a week, because he rested on one day. Because that's what the Bible told him to do. The Old Testament told him to do. He taught for five hours a day, six days a week, for 730 days. I don't know. I, I, I messed up on my math last week. I'm not about to try to do that math this week. I did 30% of our population, not 3%. Last week I said, wouldn't it be awesome if we had 108 million people come to know Christ? That would be 30% of our population. 3% is 10.8 million people. So it, it would be awesome if 30% of our population came to know Christ. Uh, what a revival if we just had 3%. You know, Whenever 90% of our population still says that they believe in God, that they're Christians. 90% of our population. Get this. 80% of your Congress says that they're Christians. And more than half of them believe in abortion up to, up to the day that the baby's born. Now you tell me what Bible they're reading. Okay? And there's other things that I could get on, and I won't. But anyway, I, I'm just going to always harp on that one. But, so listen. The impact 
that Paul had in the city of Ephesus. Now, Ephesus, and we'll stop with the city of Ephesus. Ephesus was a major thoroughfare. It was a major city in Asia. It was a port city. Today, it's not. Uh, the port has, has sealed up. Uh, the, the, uh, it has silted up. The city is four miles inland from the, from the, the, ocean, the sea. But in Paul's day, it was right on the port. A lot of commerce coming and going. Uh, always. It was a, a Roman city. Over 300,000 people lived within the city. And, it, and, and then uh, the temple of Artemis or Diana, which was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, was there. And it, uh, it took up the size of more than a football field. Uh, and Diana or Artemis, whether it's the Roman god, goddess or, or the Greek goddess, uh, was a uh, fertility goddess. And, and so uh, you could imagine uh, the worship experiences that they had uh, and and a uh, lot of lot of uh, again as we talked about in the city of Corinth uh, Ephesus the worship they had temple prostitutes uh, and uh, and other things that went along uh, one author that I read about the city of Ephesus every magician every cult every occult uh, every pervert found his welcome in the city of Ephesus, and uh, and so you would uh, you could imagine how dark the city was, and yet Paul taught daily and made an impact throughout the entire Asian world during that time. You know, it's amazing what the as we talked about this morning, the light will do whenever you turn it on. Now, it is almost 7 o'clock, so we'll stop there. We'll, we'll start in verse 11 uh, next week, and, um, and we'll, we'll look at, you know, and people, I, I want to tell you, and it sounds like, well, I, I am, and I, I don't, please forgive me. Folks, people have taken chapter 19 and created denominations and created all kinds of stuff faith healers and stuff come out of chapter 19 because of what we're fixing to read next week uh, listen just because God did it in, the, in chapter 19 this way doesn't mean he's going to do it that way again there's only one part of the Red Sea there was only one road to Damascus uh, there's only one part of the uh, uh, the Jordan River there's only one floating axe head you know there's, God does just because God does it once doesn't mean he's going to duplicate it over and over and over again okay so so let's be careful what we hold on to you know we take principles not actions 
Does that, does that make sense? Now, if God wants to take a handkerchief and, and bless it and cause someone to get well from it, amen, hallelujah. And that can happen. It did, and it can happen again. But let it, let it happen, not don't pay someone for it. Okay? Oh, I, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in so much trouble. But anyway. Oh. <laughs> let's 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 pray. Okay. Thank y'all for being here tonight. Father God, thank